0: turn to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to kick off our series tonight on things that Jesus said, different stories that he told, different things that he gave to us, and uh, how we can apply them uh, to our life. But Matthew chapter 13 is a story um, Jesus is telling a parable here that he gives to us. It's a story you guys have heard, but I want to give you some some thoughts on this tonight, Matthew chapter 13, and we'll start in verse number one, and we'll begin reading, we'll read some scripture here, and then we'll, we'll jump around, but Matthew 13, verse one says this, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went to his ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, behold... A sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Verse 5, some fell upon the stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit some 100-fold, some 60-fold, and some 30-fold. Verse 9, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I want to give you a few things tonight on, on this uh, topic of Jesus speaking to us, words that Jesus gave to us. Fields in this time and biblical times were not the same as they are today. And up until I moved to Ohio, I had never seen um, as many fields and as many you know, different crops grow as they do up here, which is good. I like to deer hunt, and so that the deer like to eat those uh, corn and those beans. And so it makes them grow really big, and, and makes me happy um, when they get big. And so moving up here, I, I hunted some different fields. I've hunted some different areas where there's been uh, huge crops and, and different things. And you see uh, how when they're planting, um, they are on these huge tractors, these huge uh, pieces of machinery, and they go through and they make the job so easy when they're planting these seeds, and when they're planting these different things. And they can clean up the, the areas that they're in very easily with all the, the machinery and the equipment that they have. And so when you, when you drive around and you see all the fields and everything, all the corn fields that are on here and the bean fields that are around here, you see some of the, in, the, in the field some of the different spots where there are a low area some of the areas where the farmers couldn't quite get to and couldn't, you know, cut off everything and clean up how it should be and, and make it, you know, as profitable as it should be, especially on this field, driving down Winchester Pike, you can see where some of the water is in there and, and the crops didn't grow in those spots and some of those different things. And as you look at this piece of scripture that, that Jesus is, is giving to us, they, the fields were not the same uh, back then as they are today. They were not prepared the same way. It took a lot more work. It took a lot more effort. In those days, a farmer or a sower would, would cast the seed uh, by hand. How many of you ever done that before? You cast some seed? Uh, some of you, okay. Thrown and, and planted some stuff, thrown it by hand back in the old day. Uh, no, just kidding. And uh, they would go out and they would do that and they would plow it under. That's how they, they had to do it. The fields were in, in different uh, long strips. They were set up in a, in a different way. There was paths between them that people could pass through, and that was very important here in, in the culture of this time. Sometimes the Romans would build their roads next to a farmer's field, and sometimes the land next to the field was uh, allowed to grow wild and, and not really be taken care of, and they became full of, of weeds and, and thorns in different areas. So here... Jesus is speaking, giving them something here that they can understand, something that they can grasp. How many of you are a visual learner? Raise your hand. Okay, a visual learner. How many of you are like good with instruction? You just like reading instructions and you're really good at that and you're weird. Anybody else? Okay, yeah, a few of you. Yeah, so I am a, I'm a visual learner. If I need to fix something, first thing I go to is YouTube. Uh, YouTube and I can watch somebody, you know, put it together. I can watch somebody. It's easy to, to see how people are, are doing it that way. But, um, you know, growing up we had Legos and I did not like following the directions of the Legos. I just liked putting it together my way. And uh, then there would be pieces left over and, you know, stuff. I didn't know what to do with them and so you just make it cooler and, you know, whatever. But here he is giving them something that they can understand. He's speaking to them in in their language, giving them a a parable here so that they know uh, what is going on. Jesus is trying to use something that they are familiar with, that they can understand, to teach them a lesson on their growth. And so here, to begin with, we have to understand that uh, some of the symbolism of what Jesus is saying. First of all, jump down to verse 37. There's a a farmer or a sower in verse 37. It says this, He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. Jesus is the one who sows the seed, and the field is the world. Verse 38 uh, says this, the field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The seed is the word of God here, and the various soils represent the, the different responses which we, which people have to the word which Jesus sows. The response here determines the degree of the success of the crop. How many of you would agree that if the farmers over here in these fields didn't get all the rocks out of their field and get all the, the weeds out of their field and all the thorns out of their field, that they would not grow a successful crop? Raise your hand. They, they would not be able to grow and do the things that they are expecting that, that crop to do if they did not take care of the things that were in the ground. They did not take care of the, of the stuff that was going to cause uh, their, their, their stuff not to grow. So here's a a few things that we notice in this parable that Jesus is telling to these people. The first is Jesus said the seed falls onto all types of soil without discrimination. The seed gets thrown everywhere. It is sown on the soil which is nothing but packed dry earth. It's sown on the soil which is full of rocks. It's sown on the soil which is full of thorns. It is also sown on the soil that is good. I believe here that one thing that Jesus is saying is that God does not play favorites with who he spreads the word to. But there's a few things that we have to look at. Even when God knows that the word will not take root in a person's life, he still gives an opportunity to hear and to respond. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, "...the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." Every person alive is given an opportunity in some way, shape, or form to respond to God. And we have the privilege of, of living in a world where uh, it is much easier in our time right now uh, to hear the word of God. But we are, with that comes a great opportunity and a great responsibility for every person to, to reach out to those that are around them. And here's, that is what God is, is telling us to do. The Bible says in verse, uh, Romans one twenty, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even this uh, eternal power in God, so that they are without excuse. He speaks to them in their hearts. He reveals himself to them in nature. The Apostle Peter had a revelation from God about this very issue, and God showed him that he cares for everyone, no matter what uh, their nationality, their race, where they were economically, their spiritual condition. in Acts 10:34 says, then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. That's why Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's why God told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to to every creature, the worst sinner that you can possibly think of, the the worst person that that your mind can go to, God still loves and God still cares about and God still wants them to know him. So the the, the seed will be sown on every type of human soil, whether the seed will grow or not. What I want to get to, and we'll spend the the most of our time here, is the, the soil that Jesus tells us about and what they, what they represent, uh, the four different types of soil that represent and the responses of different types of people. The first type of soil here is the path. And this could be a, a nearby road or, a, or a, you know, a nearby footpath through a field. In either case, the seed finds it impossible to take root when the ground is packed in the ground is dry, when it is something that is difficult, the, the seed cannot take root, it cannot penetrate the ground. It's hard and it's dry. It is totally inhospitable and, and unreceptive to the seed. There's no way for that seed to get into the ground. There's no way for it to continue to grow because of the, the, where, where it's been placed, where that seed has been thrown. This type of soil represents a rebel, someone who is in complete uh, denial Complete defiance of the things of God. They have no use for the Christian life. They have no desire uh, for the for the Christian life. Even though they may be familiar with it, they have no desire to follow God. They see it as something that is irrelevant, unworthy of their interest. They are unwilling to give uh, complete control to God and their lives or to anything. You can't tell them anything. There's no place for God in their lives. They are proud and and they are arrogant. Jump over to verse 12. It says, "...for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not, for him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I uh, to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand." And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which saith by hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not uh, perceive. You see, here they're completely uh, not wanting to to give God any control of their lives. They're stubborn, they're selfish. They want to do what they want to do. And when you have that attitude in your life, the word of God cannot, cannot do what it is supposed to do. When you have the attitude uh, uh, toward toward the word of God, it cannot live. It cannot even begin to get started. The word never sinks in, and after a while, Satan snatches it away. Even what you have been given is, is removed. You see, uh... Growing up in North Carolina, a couple of friends that did some construction work, and and they worked, you know, on the side of the road. If any of you have been past, like, Refugee Road uh, recently, it just looks like a mess all the time. Uh, You know, they do that stuff. And, And when they're working on that, when they're finally finished, they throw the seed out. Now, I never understood this for the life of me. I always thought this was the silliest thing. They throw the seed out, and they throw a bunch of straw on top of it. Why? Say it loud. Okay, What else? keep the birds from eating it. That's what I'm looking for. That's what my buddy told me. If it's a lie, take it up with him. It's not my fault. That's just what I've been told. He said, I said, why do y'all throw the straw in there? They had this big machine and it was like in this big thing that like spits it out. And they're just like holding, there's a guy holding it. And that's actually my buddy's job. And he would stand there and and it would just spit straw everywhere. Had to be like one of the worst jobs in in North Carolina this summertime, just to hold this machine and it's spitting straw all over the place. I was like, why do y'all do that? It looks so ugly. It looks terrible. So we have to do that because it keeps the birds from, from eating the seed. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense, you know? And so here, that, if that ground, if those guys left that ground the same way and just threw the seed out and it got there, the birds, would, the birds would eat it. The grass would have no chance to grow. It would never look any different because it would be snatched away. You see, the problem with the people like this is not the, the problem is not a lack of understanding, but it's a lack of unwillingness to receive what God has said. Read this quote. It said this, It is not the parts of the Bible I do not understand that bother me. It's the parts I do understand. And it makes perfect sense. It's it's not that they have never heard with their ears. It's that they have never heard with their hearts. That they have never taken the things of God seriously in their life. Jesus said in verse 12, That seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing, they may hear and and not understand, lest any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Mark 4, 12. The fault is not with the word. do you understand that. We don't have have a problem with with the word that God has given to us. There's not a problem with the seed that we have. There's not a problem with it. But we see here that it's not with the word, but it's the response to the word. The seed is good, but the ground here is hard. The second type of soil is is shallow. Jesus tells us that it it is a rocky soil. I'll give you another little illustration. We lived in North Carolina. We had a guy in our church who was a farmer, and he owned just a ton of property. And uh, he was kind of he was kind of slick, uh, sly sometimes. And he would uh, he would say, "Hey, um, you want a chance to make some money? You know, I need some help." I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll help you." He was just a cool guy. His name was Buster. And uh, anybody named Buster, you got to help them. They just they got a cool name, so you got to help them. And so he said, "Hey, come out here and meet us early in the morning. You know, they get up at like you know three thirty before God's awake, and they start farming." And, uh, you know, doing everything. And he said, come over, come over here and meet us, and we're going we're gonna, to um, we'll get started. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come help you. I thought, yeah, he's got like these huge John Deere tractors and big stuff, and so here I'm thinking I'm going to be riding on a big tractor all day long. No, you want to know what we did? We walked 100 acres picking up rocks out of a field. I'm talking, he said, if you look, if, he said, if you look at the rock, this is what he told me, funniest guy ever, he said, if you look at the rock and think, I should probably pick that up, you should probably pick it up, because you're gonna, we're gonna, it's gonna mess up the soil, and so all day long, all day long, we picked up rocks, and had to make piles of rocks, I'm talking little rocks, big rocks, boulders, we were going through and he had like his tractor out there and he's plowing stuff up and we ran into like a giant normal boulder and we had to go get the truck and the tractor and, and pull the giant boulder out of the ground. I mean, it was like all day long. We just walked all day long. It was like, Oh, we should probably pick that up and keep that. And we had like a little bag we had to keep them in. And oh, let's pick that rock. And just walking all day. Me and some other, some other guys that were just as idiotic as I was and picking up rocks all day. And I thought, why am I doing this? This has got to be God punishing me for all the times that I did wrong. This is right here, the, the exact reason, right here. And we picked up all the rocks, and he said, listen, we got to get all the rocks, we got to get all the sticks, we got to get everything out of here, because if I plant and these rocks are, are, are in this soil, it's going to mess some stuff up. It's going to mess my crop up. It's not going to, to grow. It'll look like it's growing. You'll see some little, some little sproutlings. You'll see some, some, like, sign of life but eventually, those rocks are going to get in the way of, of what I am trying to do. Those rocks are going to get in, in front of my crop, and it's not going to grow. The people could see this kind of soil, as we, as we read the beginning of the, of the Scripture, that Jesus is gathered around them. They're around a rocky area, the surface rocks that had to be cleared around, that the rocks would push up through the soil everywhere you looked. And here, God is telling us, listen, you, there's, the, there's this, uh, the seed also falls on, on this ground as well. It's the type of soil that you would, you would see sprouts immediately, but it would not develop a root system. It would die quickly after it sprang up. Jesus here was talking about those who immediately receive the word of God, and they're excited, and they're, they're ready to go, but they don't last they don't, they don't continue to, to grow. They reach a point where something in their life happens. Maybe somebody makes fun of the fact that they're going to church or maybe there was a time in their life where this happened or, or whatever it was and a family member doesn't understand it. It's critical and they were really excited and really on fire for the cause of Christ and, and, and this happened in their life. You see... When trouble or persecution comes in our life, a lot of times it can stun our growth. It can make us not want to continue on. And Jesus said here that their faith is shallow. It's a, it's a lot of enthusiasm, but, a not, but not a lot of discipline. See here, our relationship with God is not something that gets planted and we just leave it alone. It's not just something that we just put in the pot and we just, we just leave it and say, man, I hope that, hope that grows. I hope I don't have to do any work with that. How many of you like those kind of plants? You just have to just put them somewhere and they just grow. Anybody have those kind? Yeah, I'm really good with those. Like you just got to give them a little bit. I'm probably good with like a cactus. If I had a cactus, like that would be a good plant that I could grow. Because it doesn't take much. But here our Christian life, it's not just some, it doesn't, we don't arrive. We don't just reach a point where like, oh man, I got saved. I'm going to leave that alone. No, it's constantly getting out the rocks and it's constantly making sure that, that we're okay. And it's constantly pushing and pursuing and working to make sure that we're where we need to be and to, to make sure that there's nothing in our life that is going to hinder us from following God. The third type, bless you, the third type of soil where the seed fell was full of thorn and, thorns and weeds. Jesus described and calls the, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and desire for other things. They're, these are what grow up and, and, and choke the word and make it unfruitful. Notice here that that it's good soil. It is is good soil here. Things grow easily. The plants are are, are prospering. Things are are happening. The word begins to grow, but the soil gets crowded with other things. How many of you kind of get a witness on that one? Maybe some other things get into your life. Some other things have gotten into your life. Maybe right now you're you're going and you're you're, you're pursuing your relationship with God, and everything's going great. But you're allowing some of the things to to get into your life that are choking you out, that are making you not be fruitful. Other things have been allowed to grow that should have never been there. Maybe this soil was outside of the parcel of land the farmer intended to be a part of his field. There's different areas when you go around. There's, uh, where is Greg Taylor at? There he is right there. He's, there's a, there's a field to the right of his. This is really weird that I know this, but I'm a hunter. So I always am looking in fields and there's a little part in your field back in the back where there's some beans that didn't get cut to the right of your house because maybe they couldn't get back there. Maybe there was some rocks back there. Sorry that I know that. Don't think I'm a creeper. Okay. I just always look for deer when I go by there because there's beans that are back there. And there's some, there's some little areas that maybe were supposed to be a part of the harvest, but they, they didn't quite make it. Maybe it's possible that Jesus was painting a picture here of a farmer intentionally sowing some seed on land which was full of weeds, a lazy farmer that did not want to properly prepare the soil. Maybe that's what he was saying here. He was slothful. He should have pulled the thorns out by the roots. He should have plowed and prepared the ground, but none of this took place. And because there was no effort, To remove the weeds, the word had no chance to grow. My mom always used to tell me in the summertime when we'd have to pull weeds. That's the worst. That is how many of you have done that before? Raise your hand. Yeah. And she would say, We had this black mulch. Pastor loves that that black mulch that we put out here in in the church. And we had this black mulch that we would put around our house. And mom said, Well, before we put the mulch down, we have to pull all the weeds out, right? And she, we'd, we'd love it because me and my brother and mom would go inside or something. Me and my brother would just go crazy and start pulling weeds from the top, right? And mom would come out there and she would see the, le, the rest of the little weed hanging there. And she'd be like, nope, you got you to gotta dig your finger down in that soil and, and get, the, get it from the root. You got to get that, that weed out from, from, the, from the root. You got to get all that nasty stuff out from the root. And it took twice as long to do that. And at 16, I didn't have that kind of time. Man, I mean, I had places to go, people to see, man I didn't have time to pull the weeds from the root And she said, listen, if you, did, if you don't pull it from the root It'll be right back If you don't take that, the, the weeds that are growing If you don't grab them all the way from, from the bottom If you don't, you don't kill them, get, get completely rid of them It'll be right back and we're going to put the mulch down And then there's going to be weeds that come right back up Through the mulch maybe in our lives here, Jesus is saying, listen, you've got to make sure that, that your garden is, is clean. You've got to make sure there's not things that are, that are in your garden that are going to cause you to be this way, that are going to cause you to, to, for your crops to be ruined. The word has to have a chance to grow. See, it seems crazy, but the farmer was indifferent to the, to the presence of the weeds. He did not see maybe the importance of removing them. Maybe he was passive or overly tolerant of what was going to bring harm. See, but the result was a harvest that was full of thorns and thistles rather than a harvest that was full of food. The kind of person that is overly tolerant of the weeds in his or her life, which makes it impossible for the word to grow, they don't take sin seriously. Can I tell you something? I fall into that category sometimes. We fall into that category sometimes where we allow things that, that are in our life to kind of, oh, it'll be okay. I'm just gonna pull that, that weed from the top and I'm just gonna not worry about that. I'm just gonna let this kind of do whatever. Some people allow these things to crowd into their lives and it chokes the word of life out of them. Maybe there's sometimes we think that this rule doesn't apply to us or this specific thing doesn't have anything to do with us. And you've allowed some things in your life which you know should not be there. You know the line has been, has been drawn and you've crossed it. You're allowing things to choke out what God is trying to give to you. You're allowing things in your life to choke out the good things that God is trying to, to give to us. And dangerous things are growing within you and, and are choking out the word. You're heading towards spiritual destruction. You have to make sure that you weed these things out of your life to begin to sow things like humility and repentance and commitment and obedience and a love for God. Don't allow allow the weeds to choke out your relationship with God and and ruin your life. We get to the the last one here. There was also a good soil. These are the people who want the word to grow in their lives. And Jesus said this, the difference between the good soil and the others was that they hear the word, they accept the word, and they allow uh, the word to produce a crop, 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. And this is what I pray that each and every one of us want in our life, that we want our lives to be fruitful for God. We want our lives to produce something. Um, we, we, one time we lived, in, we lived in Florida, and my dad got this bright idea. Um, maybe I'm going to tell him to listen to this so that I can tell him how bad of an idea it was. We, we were going to plant tomatoes. And uh, we were going to plant tomatoes, and so we got, the, we got the, all the stuff to plant tomatoes and all the stuff, whatever. I can't remember what it was. And we had all these things, and we, we we're excited. We put the tomatoes and put the seeds, and dad's wanting to grow all kinds of vegetables. For some reason, he thought he was a farmer. That dude grew up in Miami, Miami, Florida, Dade County. And uh, he said, we we're going to plant some vegetables. And so uh, we planted them, and we were all excited, and we made this little, this little, like, bed, whatever you call it. Is that right, Judy? A little bed? Okay, good. You're shaking your head yes at me, so I'm good to go. And so I made this little thing, and it was, like, you know, cool as a young kid, you know, going out there and checking on it every day. Like, there's going to be a tomato there next day, right, Mike? I'm just ready for like a big old tomato sandwich. Big old slice of mater on some sourdough bread and some mayonnaise. Anybody like that in here? Hey, Amen. You are going to heaven. Bless you. <laughs> and we would go out there and we would check on it, and there would be nothing there. You'd go the next day, and there'd be nothing there. And, and maybe there was like a, little, like a little sprout the next day, and there was this, and, you know, it kind of got a little bigger. And we would go through, and we would check on that, check on that, check on that, check on that, check on that and go through all the time, and there would be nothing there. We were waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally, we would be in Gainesville, Florida. It just got hot, and and they just died. Probably my fault. I probably did something to it. But we planted that, and we were. I said this, say this. We were expecting there to be a harvest. You don't plant things, and you don't harvest things. You don't work for there not to be some kind of you know, reward for your labor. When you go and plant an apple tree, you want there to be apples. When you, when you go out and you do these things, you want there to be some kind of reward. You want there to be some kind of benefit. You want to, to see some kind of, of growth. And if there's not anything growing, if there's not anything happening, then, then it's dying. Then it's not doing what it's should, uh, supposed to be doing. And so here we can judge this in our lives. There should be fruit for God in our lives. Our hearts should not be hard to receive the word into our lives. We need to make sure that we are plowing the soil and weeding and fertilizing and therefore expecting there to be some kind of of product. Some produce a harvest which is 30 times that was sown. Some produce a a harvest that was 60 times and other 100 times. The soil of their lives produces an abundance of harvest. It is not that these people are are more talented. It is not that these people have more than we do. It is simply the result of an effort and time invested by those who receive the word. These are people who desire the word of God and are eager to grow in him. The soil of their life is receptive to the word. They hear it with their hearts and they accept it into their, their lives and they are spiritually productive. See, a lot of times in our Christian life, we are doing good, and we go, and we go, and we go, and then we get sidetracked. Here, this is not what's happening. They're not getting sidetracked. They're following. They're doing. They're, they're accepting everything that God is giving to them, and, and they're growing a crop. They understand that there is an effort, and there is a commitment involved into the Christian life. And you know what? A lot of times in the world that we live in, we, don't, we want a whole lot out of something, but we don't want to put effort into it. We want a whole lot of, uh, of something for, for nothing. How many of you wish you could go to the gym tomorrow and just like, you know, be in shape and have a six pack and, you know, biceps and everything? Yeah, Jordan, only one that raised his hand. Yeah, of course. No, I'm just kidding. You, you'd like to just go and just work out one time and be, it'd be all, all done. You'd like to go and not have to put any effort, not put any work, and not put any commitment into that. Can I tell you something? The Christian life is not that way. You have to be willing to pay whatever the price is. You have to be willing to give whatever it is that's going to help you grow spiritually. And see, these people are not playing the Christian life, and you and I cannot play the Christian life. It has to be our life. It has to be something that we are completely sold out to doing. Something that we are completely working on all the time. We ought to want to know God. We ought to want our lives to be full of good and rich and deep soil. One of the most important things that we have to understand about this parable and what God is saying is that here God expects there to be growth in our life. And that's that. I got everything I said to get to that one thing right there. God expects us to have growth. Just as we would see something that's not growing and think that thing is dead, I don't want to live a life that God has to look at me and say, man, he's dead. And you not ought to want to live that life either. We, want to, we should be producing fruit. We should be wanting to follow God and wanting to obey God and, and wanting to understand more about what God is trying to teach us. And God here expects Growth. See, it's a natural result of good soil and careful preparation. And as God has given us the word and as God has given us the instructions as to not be this and to not do this and to make sure that we're getting rid of this in our life, He is giving us this very important truth that God is is sowing the seed. And the seed is going to continue to grow It's going to continue to to be there. But all it takes is a simple and humble heart that is willing to hear, but also apply. I think that's why you can look at some of these different pieces of Scripture where it says, Be not hearers of the word only, but be doers. You can hear what is right to do. You can hear that you have to, you know, take care of the weeds in your garden. You can hear that you need to get rid of this. You can hear that you have to, to make sure that and plow this and get rid of this and pick up this and, and do those things. But unless you do them, unless you follow what God has told us to do, all your all being is a hearer and not a doer. And so where are you? In your, your spiritual garden where are you? How are you? What kind of soil are you? What kind of ground are you? Is it something that is easy to grow And Are you expecting God to, to work in your life? Are you trying to uh, understand and know and grow close to God because that's what God expects from us is to grow? Are you the, the complete opposite? God is trying to teach you things and show you things and learning things. and You're completely not wanting any of it. I tell you something, that God desires us to have growth. God desires us to to grow. God wants there to be life in us. And as a follower, as a believer of Christ, as a a Christian, we ought to want to have growth in our life. We ought to want to to be able to see the things that God is doing in our life, the the things that God is, is growing in us. I tell you something, that it's so vitally important this. I'm done. It's so so vitally important that we make sure that that we follow each and every day, making sure that we are doing what God has told us to do. I know it sounds so cliche. But God has given us some very simple things and God has given us some very simple instructions. Just like we talked about earlier. It'd be so easy if if us as men, when we got instructions, if we would just follow like one, two, three, four. But sometimes in our hard-headedness, we think, I, I got it better. I, I know what I'm doing. I can handle it. I, I know how to fix this problem on my, on my own. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. And a lot of times, it's so simple. The things that God gives us are so simple. The, the, the parables that he tells us that are still able to, to use in our own lives are so simple, and yet we still can't grasp it. And so can I tell you something that, it, that God has given us, his word, God has given us the things that that he expects from us to do, all we have to do is do it. All we have to do is follow. All we have to do is when God says clean house, you clean house. When God says plow this, you plow this. When God says make sure your life's like this, you do it that way. Our lives would be so much simpler. I think we would be able to produce so much more, to do so much more if we followed God's instruction for our lives. So my thought for you this week as you go on, Make sure that you are trusting and following and obeying and doing what God has commanded us to do, what God has said, what God has given to us. In our Bibles, the words that Jesus has said are, are normally outlined in red or they're completely red, right? Whenever I read a piece of scripture, or a passage of scripture, and you come across those things and you see that, that red lettering, you normally like stop for a second and think, hey, this is something that Jesus said, it must be important, If Jesus said it, it's probably important, and we must apply those things to our life. We must do those things in our life so we can expect and see growth in our Christian life.